you have to see that what we ultimately are concerned with are the kind of life we can lead, what kind of freedom that we have to lead the, the life that we not only value, but we have reason to value. If one regards freedom to be very important, then one would like to see a way of thinking about freedom, which is such an abstract concept in some sense, which make it concrete. So one way of thinking about it is that freedom is concerned with what we are able to do or be, like being able to, um, you know, uh, since I have had a leg operation, had to have metal knee, I have given the example to be able to walk around freely, it's quite important. The metal knee had done wonders for me, and so it's important. That kind of thing, uh, to be able to read and write, can we do that, read and write? Uh, can I count? And uh, can I take part in the life of the community? Uh, can I appear in public without being ashamed because I don't have appropriate clothes to wear? And so on. So these are concerns that people have uh, had for a long time. And similarly, B, can I be well nourished? Can I be in a state of good health? They're not strictly doing, but they're being in something. So if you think about the kind of various beings and doings that could make our lives, then we have to see any kind of situation is a cluster, a combination of beings and doing. Now, capability is what are the alternative or um, different combinations of beings and doings that are within my command, which I can choose, that I could, um, you know, do certain things that if I am illiterate, then I do not have the ability to read. So any combination of functionings, functionings is the generic term for doing and being, any combination of functioning that happen to include reading would not be available to me if I were illiterate. But if I'm literate, it doesn't mean I have to constantly read. I might wish to go and watch Wimbledon or, or go for a run or, or, or do something or listen to music rather than read. But the capability is, can I read if I wanted to? So it's the combination of functionings that are within my command that uh, the alternative combinations that are within my command, that defines a person's capability. And that's a good way of understanding freedom in terms of the opportunities that I actually have. I think capabilities are particularly important in the context of poverty because um, poverty is a, uh, is primarily deprivation of capability. You know, it may come in through, through in the form of low income. But the reason why we are worried about low income is because uh, low income makes it hard for us to do the things that we would like to do or be the things like being well-nourished that we would like to be. The functionings are deprived because of income lack. Income is not what we are ultimately concerned with. This is an old insight. Now, Adam Smith, understood it very well, and in The Wealth of Nations has a whole discussion that the kind of levels of income at which in a country where everyone is poor, you'd be fine. But if you were in a country where others are rich, it would not be fine, because his example was to appear in public without shame, to take part in the life of the community.
Now, if you are in a situation, he said, where nobody has a le linen shirt or a leather shoes, you will, will, be, will be fine in going around and chatting. That's the way you take part in public life. On the other hand, may not work in London. He thought it some certain things, certain level of income which might do fine in Scotland, may not work in London. And he thought even that it might work fine in Paris than it worked in London. So actually, there's that thing. So we have to go beyond the income. If you're devoid of all income, you have very little freedom. Uh, but it's not the only basis of freedom. The kind of reason that leads to our lowness of income often makes it harder for us to convert income into good living. That is, old age, disability, to take two examples. These make it hard for us to earn an income. But at the same time, they also make it hard for us to convert the income to mobility, to uh, being well, because as you go older, you might need more health care, and so on. So the income deprivation is one side, but conversion deprivation is another side of property. It's extremely important. If you look at disabled families, then even though the percentage of disability in England may be, I don't know, whatever it is, 4 or 5%, about 18% of the families with low income uh, come, from mem uh, come with disability. But then if you add how much extra income you need in order to overcome the disability for the prosthesis, for the assistance, then the percentage of countries that fall below having that level of income is not uh, 18, but 43%. So that big difference is conversion handicap. And so capability perspective gives a much better handle on understanding poverty, why it's not just the lowness of income, but also the reason for the lowness of income, which also generates the conversion handicap, which are a very important part of, of, of the understanding of poverty. And indeed, remedying poverty, poverty relief policies, have to be not concerned only with income handicaps. Gender is a very central concern in, 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 in any kind of research that's concerned with justice and, 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 and freedom of people. Uh, because uh, gender handicap, along with class differences, and in those countries where they have caste, caste differences, race differences in multiracial countries, or status differences in countries with immigrants as well as natural population, Along with them, gender difference is a major source of inequality in society. And you can't capture that very easily in income because most of our measures of, uh, of income are family income. How that income is distributed within the family is not part of the income statistics. That's part of the within-family allocation. And the income way of understanding handicap will not work in the case of gender very easily. You have to look at what people are actually able to do. There may be schooling handicaps that, and, that girls might have. It's not a big factor here, but it's a very big factor in many countries, in Africa, Asia, uh, and even in Latin America, a uh, lot of it. Um, and then you have to see whether people have the ability to read and write, to count, and to, be, to, to have the, the 
skill, uh, the basic skills that in a modern society you de do need um, the the ability to um, to speak up, to to be listened to, ability to um, uh, to have a voice in your family decisions. If you compare Indian districts and look at fertility rates and child mortality rate, the most important difference, and the difference is the big, is connected with female literacy. The second most important in the case of fertility is female employment, female employment opportunity, gainful employment, not hard work within the family, not being paid or not, not being appreciated, but, um, but you know, what would be called, quote-unquote, gainful employment. Now, why is that the case? Now, anything that increases the voice of young women in family decisions will tend to cut the fertility rate down. And female literacy is one way for younger women, partly because they're literate, partly because they go to school and get out of their family, meet lots of other people, other families when, where people's attitudes are different and so on. They communicate each other's uh, defiance, as it were. Um, that increases women's voice. Similarly, women's gainful opportunity of earning an income increases their voice. They're, not less, they're less dependent on men. So it's not surprising to me that the difference in fertility rate uh, used to be, in some districts, 5.5, uh, 5.5 kids, roughly, per, per couple, to others below 2, which is below replacement. And all that difference, the two factors they explained, about 80% of the difference, is female literacy and female gainful employment, and all the standard things that people have talked about, uh, level of income, urbanization, etc., come out basically in the wash. So it indicates, on one side it indicates how it's important, uh, there are three lessons here, how important gender equity is for other things, including fertility and the future of this planet, because the population problem may not be a Malthusian food problem, but it is a problem of, of the climate and global warming and so on, and, and it's a matter of great concern. So gender equity is very important for the future of the world. Secondly, the other lesson it gives is how education and opportunities can transform the position that women have in having a voice and how having a voice could transform the way female life goes within the family and also in the society. And the third factor is that these um, capabilities uh, to, to, to lead a life without constantly bearing and rearing children, of course, are important, uh, are important for human life and for female life. And they are not only indicators of other things, like women's empowerment, but also valuable in themselves.